You're listening to Simulcast, a podcast about healthcare simulation. So welcome to another edition of Simulcast. I'm Victoria Brazel, and today we're going to take a little bit of a deep dive into thinking about online resources for simulation learning. Uh, and we're going to do that with a duo from Vancouver Coastal Health, Christina Chung and Karen Schaefer. How are you both? Good, thanks. Great, thank you. Well, I'm so pleased that you've joined us because this conversation was prompted by me seeing your fantastic site highlighted on Twitter. And I had a look and I thought, wow, these are really good resources. I think other people might like to know about them. And also, I suspect it was a pretty interesting process putting them together. So just by way of introduction, uh, Christina Chung, if you follow hashtag foam sim or anything to do with simulation on Twitter, you will know Christina because she's very active on that platform. Uh, but she is a regional clinical educator for simulation at Vancouver Coastal Health. That's Canada for those not in the know and uh, with a background in nursing. So Christina, you obviously very interested in this online learning, but you're also interested in connecting people in the simulation community. Uh, you've been doing this for a little while, I believe. Uh, yeah, I actually just got into sim um, kind of like, quote unquote, the right way, um, maybe three years ago. So Karen, who's on the line with me, um, has a course that she does for uh, the people at Vancouver Coastal Health. And I took it and I fell in love with it. And then I came into this job full time maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that's a very nice segue into our other guest, Karen Schaefer, uh, as introduced, Regional Manager for Simulation uh, at Vancouver Coastal Health. Uh, now, what's your background, Karen? Uh, my background is nursing as well, and uh, excellent. Primarily Good. education in nursing, but uh, clinical as well. Well, thank you both. And before we even go any further, perhaps it might be good just to tell our simulcast listeners about how we can find this resource. So if they are listening to this at their computer, they can potentially have a click through while they listen to us. Uh, what's the best way to access this site? Sure. So if you just go onto Google and search uh, BC Simulation Network, so that's just BC, the letters, which stand for British Columbia, and then Simulation Network, it should be the first site that pops up. The uh, URL is also bcsimulation.ca. Once you get there, you just click on the um, curriculum tab, and uh, it's the first thing there that's called Simulation Facilitation Pathways. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Christina. Now, I might, uh, before we even get into the resource itself, I'm, I'm interested in the reason. And uh, Karen, you were one of the instigators of this idea. Uh, why a free online resource for simulation, given that you probably knew this was going to be a fair bit of work? Uh, yeah, I knew it was going to be a fair bit of work, but I think we, we had um, provincial consensus that it was an important piece of work to do and that others would help us. So with that in mind, knowing I wasn't going to do this all alone, I thought it was worthwhile. Um, kind of what drove it is that we've been you know, doing this two-day introductory level simulation course for years now um, and finding that our pre-course work that we offered, which was reading articles, watching a video that we didn't make, um, was inconsistently consumed prior to the course and our learners were showing up at very, very different levels. And so bringing everyone up to speed at the beginning of the course kind of sometimes took a, a half a day to kind of get everyone onto the same page. And so we really wanted to uh, shorten up our two-day course to maybe a little bit less or focus on more practice and, uh, and, and so bring people to the beginning of the course kind of a little bit better prepared. And so that was the driver initially. Um, and then the second thing was really just to help us with provincial alignment of the simulation 
student methodology content. We are very interested in having provincial alignment in the content so that um, a facilitator from any facility could move from site to site to site. We kind of know kind of what their background was, and we wouldn't have to dig too deep to find out if they had the skills that we were looking for in terms of being a simulation facilitator. Yeah, so they're pretty important, aren't they? So one is people coming well prepared to practice for a course, and the second is consistency. And I think that'll probably come up uh, when we talk about the resource itself, but I imagine that also has its trade-offs because one person's consistency is another person's boring standardization. Uh, did you have many of those sort of um, strategic thoughts as you're putting them together? Um, yeah, I think what we did was um, when we were putting it together, we did send out um, our ideas for what each uh, each module would look like. Um, and we had some chats about that. Um, we do worry sometimes that like we're all having groupthink and we're all just like rah, rah, yeah, we're all on the same page. But we try to do... Um, a good job of being like, okay, well, what is the secondary impact here? What unintended consequences might we have if we're all kind of drinking from the same pond and always open to different ideas and feedback from others? Um, so yeah, there is always that um, danger, I suppose. But I think if we may stay curious and open to others' idea, um, we kind of, I don't know, make our way around it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's definitely lots of right ways to do this. And I think you've you've touched on this already, but I'm interested in, you know, the difference between creating your own resources versus uh, doing a very good job of curating others' resources and pulling them together into a more potpourri mix. Uh, it sounds like you had already done a little bit of the latter. Yeah. So um, kind of the reason why we ended up kind of making our own thing um, is because we wanted to tailor it very much to our setting in terms of it being healthcare, continuing professional development, not for um, formative assessment. Oh, no, summative, sorry, not for summative assessment, but formative assessment. Um, but we also, if you go through the site, you'll see at the end of each page or each module, whatever you want to call it, there's links to other resources. So we do point back to a lot of the other things that already exist out there, but we wanted to really contextualize our stuff so that it would fit the needs of the population that we're aiming for. Excellent. Well, that's probably a nice segue then into the resource itself. So maybe sort of take us through the overall structure, a couple of highlights. Uh, but as a, someone who is sort of coming on it for the first time, I found it very easy to use. There's a landing page. You've got these distinct sections, introduction, learning theories, a section called attitudes, which I found quite cool, uh, a section on pre-course and pre-scenario prep, section on debriefing and on pitfalls. And in each of these, there's a video which has a combination of uh, person talking to camera uh, versus some slide and visual type resources, and then you've got some questions at the end. So I actually found it pretty easy to use, but maybe you can sort of give us the uh, way that you set that up, and uh, as you do that, sort of give us a sense of how you're finding or want people to use it. Sure. Yeah. So I think you covered most of it there. So on the landing site, we do have all of those different um, pages or videos you can click on. Um, so the way we structurally decided to do it was that we know there are different kinds of preferences when it comes to learning. So not necessarily, you know, a style, but things that we like. Um, so we wanted to include all of that on each page so that we could have different types of people feel like the resource was useful for them. So um, there's the video, which you mentioned, yeah, it's a person uh, speaking, and then there's some 
graphic overlays on that. That's like a thing called dual coding process. So if you're hearing something and you're seeing something which reinforces what you're hearing, the likelihood of you remember it, uh, remembering it is actually higher. So that's why we chose uh, to do that. Also knowing that a lot of people just prefer visuals and some things are better um, disseminated through a visual um, way. So that's how we decided on the video and the overlays. But um, on each page, there's also the ability to download the audio only. So if you're someone who can't sit in front of a laptop, or if you just commute like a ton, um, you could download it and just listen to it uh, in your car like we do this podcast. Um, and then there are other people who are like, you know what, I don't want to see the video, just give me the stuff, I'll just read it. Um, so there's also a transcript download. So you could just download whatever it is that people are saying and then get it that way. So you can read it on your own if you prefer that method. Uh, and the reflection questions, as you mentioned, those are really more for like, do I actually understand the content and can I apply it? Because we all know like memorization is one thing, but actual like practice and application of knowledge is like much more difficult. Um, so that's why we have the reflection questions at the bottom. Um, and then you get a little bit of feedback once you do submit your answer. And then below that, we have resources. So we point people back to like, articles or like source material from what we're talking about. So if people really get into it and want to delve deep, they have that option of going that way. Um, and sometimes it links back to like podcasts or uh, other videos, which explain things differently. Yeah, and you've actually explained a lot there, Christina, and I'm glad you brought up dual coding theory. I'm certainly no expert on the theoretical bases of online learning. Well, I probably should be, shouldn't <laughs> I, if I run a podcast. Uh but I think what you described is I'm surprised there's not more of it in online learning because, as you said, there's so many options for how to consume the material, but there's also uh, clever ways that the material kind of forces you to act, interact with other aspects of it. So I actually, as I said, found it quite um, easy to digest. The questions aren't that hard, but they do are a check-in that you've actually done something and you've been thinking about it. So um, what do you think? I mean, obviously, you've got the people who are coming for your courses, and that's one thought. But I guess for some of our listeners who might be really just looking for, oh, I'm a bit interested in a topic, how would you suggest they sort of use this resource? We actually do use the, that resource that way. Um, that we have many healthcare professionals who are curious and interested and are thinking they might want to get into it. And so we point them in the direction of these videos because I think it really does help give a nice picture of what simulation is in healthcare. Um, the other thing is we, we often use it where we have learners who definitely want to take that two day course and they want to get started. They're going to do sim, whether they take that course or not, but they, so we point them to this as well. So, okay, start, take this, and then we'll get you into a course two months down the road. So at least they are, somewhat consciously incompetent uh, and understanding uh, how broad and how complex simulation methodology is. I just, I just love that, by the way. I feel like more research studies should, should have as their outcome measure uh, achievement of the consciously incompetent state. I think that would be <laughs> yes. actually very good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's big in simulation. I, I think the learning curve is huge. There's so much know. to know. And so I think we spend, I know I spend a long time in consciously incompetent. <laughs> Yes, I know. And it's undervalued, I think, when people put those like it items saying, I feel more confident and then feel happy when people tick the box that they feel more confident. Whereas in many ways, we should be aiming for a little more consciously incompetent. Totally agree. Yeah. 
The other way we sometimes we've started to use this, um, and and we haven't uh, followed on with evaluation, but we're using it as a brain booster. So after our learners take the two day course, um, then we follow on, and I can't remember was it one twenty four hours, two days, two weeks, two months, again and again. We just reconnect with them via email and. Sometimes we point them back to this resource. And so we'll follow on with many, maybe not all, but many of them we follow on because we work with them at their elbow uh, after they've taken the course if they want us to follow on and help them with their debriefing or running their sims. And so I'm hoping that we'll get a sense of the value of using it as a brain booster as well. Yeah, and I think that is underestimated uh, as the value of courses. They can actually help identify further learning needs and these, as you say, might be the answer and make much more sense when you come back to them um, and complement whatever their pre-reading role was. There was something that you said just in there about evaluation. Uh, One of the advantages of online materials is you can get a little sense from the analytics of how much people are using them. Uh, Have you had much in the way of uh, feedback from just simple numbers yet? Yeah, so we uh, put Google Analytics into our page. And uh, when we first tweeted it out on the BC Simulation Network uh, Twitter feed, um, the month afterwards, we did get quite a few hits. I think it was like 330 people had viewed it. And then there were some people from uh, where you guys are at in Australia, some in the UK, and the majority from kind of across Canada. So lots of people viewing them. Um, What's kind of nice to know is that like the landing page, I think, had like 330 views, but the rest of the pages also had like quite a high number, like uh, so not quite 330, but I think it was somewhere in around 200. So people clicked around for sure to take a look at what the different things were. So that is that is nice to see that like we're creating a resource that people are actually looking into and not having to recreate their own. Ah, excellent. Well, that's um, probably, again, a nice uh, segue into the uh, how did you do it? Because I guess people listening to this uh, are probably interested in the simulation content, and I would recommend they have a look there. But some people are also in the business of trying to set up online learning. So I'm interested uh, in just a brief overview of what that process entailed, the kind of help you got, and uh, what you think might be some lessons learned that you could share with people uh, thinking about putting together online resources to complement whatever else they're doing in sim. Yeah, so uh, it's definitely not easy, but totally worthwhile. And you need a lot of help, I think is kind of what it comes down to. Um, So uh, the way we started with it was, uh, as Karen mentioned, we wanted to take part of our didactic teaching and face to face and uh, put a small piece of it online. So people were coming onto the same page. Um, But we also know that uh, large pieces of content um, online or in a textbook just don't engage people. And that's not what people necessarily want um, to see. So we partnered with our learning technologies team uh, here at Vancouver Coastal Health. And I also um, am taking a master's in education technology and learning design. So I had a bit of that background in terms of um, online learning content. And uh, because of that, we decided to break it down into the nine separate modules that you see there with the intention that each one would be quite short um, and would be able to capture people's um, attention. So uh, that was the first piece. And then um, we tried to stick to the principle of trying to keep it each video within two to six minutes, which is really hard, especially in healthcare when we like to be very um, thorough and verbose. So that was the hardest part really was trying to hack away at how we could keep the videos really short and trying to keep each person 
person who was in the video um, on time. Um, so we ended up using a teleprompter to kind of script it a little bit so people wouldn't um, go off on tangent too much. Um, and then in terms of how we managed to put the video together with the visuals, um, that was really um, a piece of like, lots of people are really good with PowerPoints. And in terms of thinking like, all right, when I'm giving a lecture, what PowerPoint slides am I going to use? Um, and not having the text heavy ones, but the more visual ones. So we tried to bring those elements forth into um, the videos. And then um, the questions, the reflection questions were, I really don't know how to explain how that piece happened. I just thought of them and then double checked with a few people. Um, and then so the next process when you're working with a team who specializes in online content um, after doing all of that is getting together to create these things called wireframes. So basically, they're like an outline of what you think each page will look like. And then we just had lots of meetings back and forth to be like, is this what you're thinking? Are we on the same page? Um, and also same with videos, like this is where we think the visual should go at like you know, this moment in time, we would like to have this visual at like five minutes and 32 seconds. Can we have this quote appear here? Um, yeah, it's just a lot of collaboration. Sounds a bit like uh, storyboarding a scenario. Yeah, it is very much like that, actually. <laughs> All right. So um, I just wanted to focus in before we sort of uh, just start coming to some summary points. But um I, I really liked, as I said, the the outline. And by the way, simulcast listeners, they're not giving me any kickbacks. <laughs> it is an advertisement, but it's just a honest, uh, honest one. Interested in the content? Uh, you did this video on attitudes, and uh, I, I think that's just hugely important because it comes down to some of the fundamentals that underlie the behaviours. Uh, but um, tell us about the little attitude section. Yeah, so we decided to, uh, I kind of came up with the attitude section because we know it's something that's really important. I think, especially in the healthcare setting where people have been practicing for a long time and aren't necessarily fresh out of an ed uh, academic institution, um, there are particular attitudes and behaviors that we've ingrained or learned from others, which may not uh, be reflective of what we're trying to do in simulation. Um, so because of that, uh, we thought it was really important to to call it out um, and just really, um, yeah, highlight that uh, aspect of SIM, because as we all know, psychological safety is such a huge thing. And especially if people have been um, like burnt a lot in um, their training, um, they might not want to come back again. And that's part of the piece in our healthcare sims is that it's always voluntary. We don't make people do it. So if you have a poor attitude, no one's ever going to come back. Um, so yeah, that's why we called out the attitude section. It was actually really nice that two of our physician colleagues were the ones who wanted to do that section as well, because they are very passionate about it. Um, so yeah, that's how it came together. All right. Well, thank you. That's been a nice little tour, as I said, both in content and process. Can I ask you both maybe just to volunteer your own personal learning points here? Uh, you've mentioned quite a few about the online learning, but I'm also interested because of the comprehensive nature of this. I bet you probably learned or rethought some of your simulation knowledge as well. Can I ask for just a thought that you might have about what you've learned doing that? Uh, okay, it's Christina. I'll go first. Um, so in terms of simulation content, um, I guess what I was reminded of is how much there is out there. There is a ton. And uh, as you alluded to at the beginning of the um, interview, we 
we are picking and choosing. We're not showing everything there is out there, but I, I do hope um, in those extra resources, we've pointed people to the right place where they can get um, extra um, knowledge and differences of opinions. Um, and I guess the other thing I learned, which yeah, has more to do with the content is just that it takes a really, really long time to get it right. Um, so to do something where you can blend in all these different kinds of learning modalities and trying to ensure that audiences engage with it is, uh, is time consuming, but hopefully it's worth it because then you do it once and, uh, it sticks. Excellent. And Karen, what about you? I'm I'm struggling to I'm struggling to come up with one particular thing. I've been teaching the two-day course for so many years and so this reflects the content of the course that has evolved quite a bit over the last 6 or 7 years. And so uh, I'm really confident or comfortable with the content. Um I I I think the one of the pieces of learning around this online piece is the the way we chunked it down. I think I I learned the value of breaking it down into really nice small bites that I think are consumable um, and one can build on the other. And I think that works well with the brain. So I guess I'd have yeah. to say that's the big thing. Excellent. Just like a debrief, you can do anything, but not everything. So uh, the restraint that it takes to have a three to six minute video is certainly admirable. Well, thank you both for your time. Uh, just for listeners, uh, we will put the links in the notes on the Simulcast page, but just to actually verbalise that again, just in case you're listening, it's bcsimulation.ca and uh, that will take you to the series of videos, online resources, links and questions for you to take a little bit of an overview. Uh, whether you're a beginner or more advanced user, there's something here for you. Well, thank you both very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Victoria, for taking such an interest in this. And I really hope that it makes a difference for others because we're thrilled to be able to share it with the rest of the world. My pleasure. All right, Simulcast, we'll talk to you again soon. I'm Victoria Brazel signing off. You're listening to Simulcast.